everybody. And welcome to That's Life, the show where we just learned from Charlie Harari that we should not be getting marital advice from when Harry met Sally, which means that all this time I've been getting it all wrong. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to apologize, by the way, for the technical difficulties we experienced at the end of Charlie's show. For some reason or another, we... Uh, lost our internet feed and i'm not exactly sure why that was but thank god we are back on and we are doing fine here at that's life you can find me here every thursday at 10 a.m eastern time right after charlie and right before nachum's live lunches i hope to bring you a little entertainment a little news and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine and as i tweeted out this week april fool's day for me is not one day of the year it is really all 365 this week and that day was absolutely no exception. Coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, I'm joined by Avrami, who is juggling 72 things. So, um, yeah, you, I know you prefer me leave you alone right now. I got that. I got that. That's that's totally fine. So Avrami is busy taking care of our technical end and getting our first interview on Skype um, plugged into the board. But I will tell you that when I t- that when I usually comment coming to you from the beautiful Lower East Side. Sometimes it's tongue-in-cheek, but my gosh, it is absolutely beautiful today. We have finally really earned an, an incredible day of spring, though I hear by the end of the day that's supposed to change. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. And if you're a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is just not enough for you, do what Jake Weikholz did. Dobbins with me at the Youngest Girl of Woodmere, or I could say I Dobbin with him. He friended me on Facebook. You can also send me an invite on LinkedIn. Shoot me an email, Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show. Not being rude, just being honest. I will make sure, however, to get back to you afterwards. Please also follow us on Twitter, NahumSiegelNet, all one word, and Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. Let's go to our favorite segment, Crickle Crackle. This fortune cookie actually comes to us from Chosen, from Chosen Island, not because they gave me a donation of fortune cookies. I didn't ask for it, but they didn't give it to me. Um, but because I had dinner there this week, and that was worth swiping an extra fortune cookie and putting it in my pocket. Of course, as always, thanks to L.E.Y. Katz for his enormous shipment of fortune cookies from Chopsticks in Teaneck. All right, what do we got here? Let's see what Confucius has to say this morning. Fear and desire, two sides of the same coin. Ooh, I like this one. I really like this one. Fear and desire, two sides of the same coin. I would share that with Avrami, but he's being very technical and engineering on the other side of this desk. Let's get to the national holidays. And uh, I'm enjoying number one, but Avrami is not because it's don't go to work unless it's fun day. And Avrami is looking at me like uh, I'm I'm not having much fun right now. There's just so many different things going on. And I appreciate that. But I'm so happy in in uh, celebration of the day. I at least brought you munchkins from the Dunkin Donuts in Lawrence. Yeah, thumbs up for that. And I made him a cup of coffee. Right. I'm taking care of all that kind of fun stuff. I'm making funny faces at him. I'm trying to make. You know, hand motions. There we go. All right, and I'm distracting him from actually doing his job. It's also Find a Rainbow Day. Some people call it Share a Rainbow Day. I'm not sure how to do either, but uh, good luck with that. It's the Pony Express Day. Uh, okay, then. It's Tweed Day for all those of you out there wearing tweed. It's a little warm for tweed, but for some reason or another, it is Tweed Day. And it's also Weed Out Hate Sow the Seeds of Greatness Day. Gesundheit, as my mother would say, and World Party Day. Yes, folks, it is World Party Day, which I'm sure coincides with don't go to work unless it's fun day on purpose. But yesterday I tweeted something out, um, basically tagging Nahum, tagging Told Jewish Radio in the tweet and saying don't go to work unless it's fun day and also World Party Day today. And um, it seems to have been a big hullabaloo because there is... Uh, an organization called World Party Day, and they retweeted my tweet and favorited it, and they have like 25,000 Twitter followers. Seriously, um, I didn't, I didn't know I was doing anything more than making a joke, but uh, thumbs up for that because making jokes are good, and evidently there are a lot of people out there who are celebrating today, and it actually made the news. ABC News covered something this morning about World Party Day. So if you're not partying today or doing something party-esque, or celebratory, you might want to consider that because it seems that the world will party with you. And um, that is exciting. Also, I wanted to pull up. Tomorrow was an exciting day. Are we? Was, uh, our fir- there we go. Our first guest is on the line. Hold on one second. I just also wanted to make mention. I, am I, there's too much stuff on my desk. 
Debbie can't see me. There's Debbie. How we doing? Um, I will cue Debbie in a second. Uh, Rami, you are the man today. I'm really happy. You know what? I'm really happy I didn't eat. I didn't. I, I'm sure Charlie is upset, but I and I don't blame him. But I just want to let you know that I'm really happy I didn't take any of the munchkins before you did. That tape is intact for a reason. I just want you to know. Thank you. Shkayach. Yes, they are kosher. I brought them from. I brought. I slept them on the train from Lawrence. It's not the craziest thing I've slept on the train, let's be honest, or the craziest thing I'll do this week. But, um, but yeah, people were looking at me funny. Yeah, what was it? Oh, tomorrow is also National uh, National Walk to Work Day, but that wasn't the one I found that was really funny. Um, no, I can't find it. Shoot. No, World Rat Day. No, that wasn't it either. I remember celebrating World Rat Day either. The uh, fun at work thing? That was today. I already did that. That was like four minutes ago in my monologue. That's all right. You've been working hard. You've been working hard. Anyway, my first guest is on the air, and I would like to get to her because um, she is standing by via Skype, which is which is fun and exciting and depends a lot more on technology than I would prefer to, but that's really okay. Anyway, uh, you're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and Debbie Shaffrin joins us via Skype. She's an RN. She is a medical aesthetic skin specialist with over 25 years experience in dermatology and plastic surgery and those kind of variety of medical settings. She treats patients with IPL and laser technology for skin rejuvenation and anti-aging treatments in her home practice. In addition, she is also a clinical nurse educator for Cineron and Candela and instructs physicians and their staffs on the use of various forms of laser equipment and more importantly, which Debbie did not put down in her bio, is that she was a nurse in Camp Marasha for how many years, Debbie? I I think about four, three or four years. I can't uh, recall exactly, but um, and yes. You, and yes. you didn't put that in your bio. I think that makes me even uh, more notable than um, than all my other previous experience. Exactly, <laughs> because there is there is something that goes along with being camp nurse or being or working in uh, the camp you know, uh, infirmary in the first place that lends you a tremendous amount of street cred. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so thanks for joining me this morning. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. And I-, I wanted to get this out there because it is a beautiful day and I'm obsessed with drinking water. And you're going to tell me whether or not there is any method to this madness. But I'm already on cup numbers six and seven of water this morning by 10. What time is it? 10.08 this morning. Is it really going to make my skin look better? Absolutely, Miriam. You know, um, it, 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 you've heard you've heard the mantra before: six to eight glasses of water daily right. to keep to keep your body hydrated. And the skin is the largest organ in the body, um, which it's comprised of over twenty square feet. And when we when we hydrate our body, we also hydrate our skin. And now, with the advent of the warm weather, uh, we can become dehydrated. So in order to replace the water that we do lose through our skin, we want to replace that with adequate hydration, and that is, um, you know, between six to eight glasses of water daily. So should I already be drinking more with the with the warmer? I mean, we're hoping, but it's been New York and it's been crazy. So let's say hypothetically that the water that the weather really does change to be consistently warm, and we're really moving in the right direction. All of which we have earned here in New York. Am I am I supposed to be increasing to more than eight cups of water a day? I, I think it really depends on your level of activity. Okay. You know, if you're perspiring and you are losing uh, more, uh, if you're perspiring more and you are um, losing more uh, water uh, via via sweat and perspiration, then yeah, you might want to increase that that water amount. But as a general rule, you know, if you're um, you know if you're um, not perspiring, six to eight glasses of water, that's adequate. And remember, we, we can be hydrated with other types of liquid as well. It could be uh, there's water uh, in, in soup, there's water in um, um, uh, other forms of um, uh, liquid hydration, other drinks that do contain water. So it's not purely water itself. And the, the the comment that you had made a little bit earlier, that the skin being the largest organ in the body, would you agree with me that that is probably a very poorly known fact? I, I definitely would agree with you because oftentimes people don't, you know, when we think of body organs, we don't often include skin in that category. Um, and it, it the skin... Um, has a, a number of functions that that isn't commonly known. 
Um, one of, uh, among them would be uh, protecting our body from microbes, pathogens, and um, um, it, it does offer a, it, 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 it offers us a temperature regulation, insulates us from heat and cold. Um, it, it, it offers us the ability to perceive sensation through touch, yeah, right. heat, and cold. And it also produces vitamin, vitamin D. Uh, and folate. So it does have a number of functions that, that, do, that benefits our body. Well, let's talk about vitamin D for a second, because I think that um, one of the things about vitamin D is stuff that I've been reading um, and, and been hearing about for years was the underappreciation of vitamin D as a necessity and, and the, the realization that people need to have that getting vitamin D is not just about getting it through milk or about food products, but the number one way to get vitamin D is through sun exposure. Um, it, it, is cor- it is correct, and um, there are uh, you know, physicians that do recommend increase, because we don't have as much sun, sun, exposure, sun exposure during the winter months, there are physicians that do recommend increasing the vitamin D levels um, uh, through supplements, um, to a higher level during the winter months. Um, but as a general rule, um, 15 to 20 minutes of sun exposure, per, uh, sun exposure per day offers you adequate vitamin D um, uh, supplementation. Well, now I really have an excuse so, for sitting outside of the studio today as the, as the I, sun is finally shining through. You do, but if you sit outside, remember your SPF. Yes. That is, that is, so important, not only in the summer months, but also in the winter months. So let's talk about that for a second, because I joke with my brother, who's a dermatologist, that I have the strangest... I didn't know that. Yes, my brother's my brother's a dermatologist. He's definitely going to be wondering why I'm doing this segment with you and not with him. <laughs> um, but that's okay. I'll, I'll handle him. But um, something that I have joked with him about is the fact that I could live on the sun and not get a tan. I am completely convinced that I am t- just 100% incapable of looking any tanner or darker or whatever than I do right now. Is there something that I'm supposed to be doing anyway to make sure that um, I'm protecting myself adequately from the sun, even though I know it's irrational and that I know that I'm not really impervious to sunburns? But but for a skin type like mine that I just, I don't see changes, is there something that I should be doing all the time or even, and even more so in the summer months to make sure my skin is protected. So yes. So what you should be doing all the time, regardless of season, is using a SPF, which stands for Sun Protective Factor. And what that refers to is the theoretical amount of time you can stay in the sun without getting sunburned. For example, an SPF of 15 would allow you to stay in the sun 15 times longer than you could without sun protection. So if your skin starts to redden in 20 minutes without the block, applying a product with SPF 15 increases that time factor of 15, meaning you could stay in the sun for 300 minutes. In addition, an SPF block uh, uh, blocks out the uh, UVB rays, um, which and filter out a, a, approximately 93% of those UVB rays. SPF 30 filters out 97%. But it's important to note that when we when uh, they refer to SPF, it is only referring to UVB rays and not UVA, which are the longer, more damaging. Um, uh, rays and there is no SPF equivalent to UVA. And what you can do to, to protect yourself against UVA rays is to look for additional ingredients in sun, in sunscreen to protect you from them. You can also so just stay inside. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, 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 that would be the only thing because you, you need to walk on the street and you That's need to, you, know, you need to, do, you need to go about your daily, uh, living. So you want to look for products that contains zinc oxide or titanium oxide um, because there's no standard measurement for how long these ingredients keep you protected. So it's the UVA rays that um, that really um, incur, you know, the sun damage to your skin and can create, um, you know, uh, damaging changes that can cause uh, skin cancer and aging. So basically... Even though I think I'm impervious to sunburns and getting color in general, I'm being ridiculous. That 
Yeah, it's okay. It's a diagnosis. It's fine. It's, Don't worry. It's, it's, uh, it's your reality. <laughs> exactly. You know, something else, by the way, is that I want that I want to make sure to bring up with you is besides the hydration, that's obviously important for one skin. And we're going to talk about um, anti-aging uh, in a couple of minutes, only because I know that that's also part of your specialty. And and frankly, who doesn't want to look as young as they can? Avrami does. Avrami's like, sure, I do. Um, we all want to look as young as possible for as long as possible. But let's talk about more from the inside out. What kind of foods can I make sure to include in my diet to stay, not that coffee of rummy, no, not the coffee, um, but it's decaf. Isn't that better, De- Debbie? Isn't that better? Yes, I made you decaf. You're welcome. No. <laughs> Actually, I, I. You there, Debbie? Do we lose Debbie? I think we lost Debbie for a second. Debbie, now yeah. I hear you. There we go. Okay, fantastic. Um, tell me about the the tell of Rummy the favors I did for him for his skin by giving him decaf coffee. Um, I I actually think that he would have had more benefit from the caffeine. No. Because... <laughs> <laughs> no way. Why? Well, um, uh, caffeine. You know, caffeine um, is. I believe that from a health perspective, the caffeine. Um, is uh, it, it gives you more um, of a, uh, a, a cardiac benefit, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't think it has it, unless applied topically. I uh, the caffeine um, has a uh, vasodilation effect. So um, okay, what does that what does that mean? It sounds so really cool, that, but what does that mean? It's gonna you know what it means is that it will just. Um, allow more blood to be profused to the, to, you know, to that specific area. That's why now that they're touting caffeine, you know, with, uh, you know, with cardiac benefit. But I think that as, you know, as you, as just getting back, you know, to the skin, unless caffeine is applied, applied topically, there's no uh, benefit to ingesting it, um, you know, orally to have skin benefit. But there are other foods that do. I know, but you just said something about (laughs) applying caffeine topically. And those are three words that I am not letting go by. Because there are, there are, um, you know, there are products out there, medical grade products, and now uh, uh, over-the-counter products that are now including caffeine in their um, anti-aging skincare regimen. That's incredible. that it, it is incredible. It is incredible. And then, you know, products that do contain caffeine, you know, create a vasodilation so that your skin looks um, uh, plumper. Um, and um, and what uh, and what woman doesn't want to look plumper, Debbie? And food. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> in, in, the right, in the right places, Miriam. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Avrami did pass me a note, and he would like to know what the benefits are to his skin of eating cookies. Uh, probably, uh, exactly. Uh, right. Not very minimal. <laughs> uh, you know, because the cookies, the cookies do co- contain, um, um, you know, carbohydrate and, uh, sugar and, uh, that, which elevate your glucose levels. So when you, when you think of eating or ingesting carbs, you want to ingest, uh, food that, that such as oatmeal or whole grains that are less processed that can better regulate your blood sugar because studies have shown that when the blood sugar levels rise and the sugar levels rise in our blood, um, there's an increase in uh, androgen, increase in hormones that contribute to um, aging and wrinkles. So um, you want to you wanna look for foods that are whole grain or uh, have a lower glycemic index like oatmeal, whole grain, whole wheat. Uh, brand things like that. So unless those cookies are um, brand cookies, uh, <laughs> which they're, they're not, <laughs> I don't think they're going to really benefit him, benefit his skin too much. No. So those those um, Pepperidge Farm butter cookies that you're eating over there are probably are not going to do you <laughs> any good in the long or the short run, my friend. But Debbie, let's talk for a second about chocolate because anybody who's giving me an excuse to eat chocolate and not milk chocolate, but we're talking dark chocolate, which is fine. But anybody who's giving me an excuse to eat dark chocolate is my best friend for life. So tell well, tell me yeah. what this is about. Yeah, as well as mine. So chocolate, um, chocolate is um, is it one of my favorites as well. And um, if you eat just a small, you know, a small piece per day, that's not that's actually good for you because they contain 
antioxidants such as, called flavonoids, which um, which actually protect. Um, antioxidants are uh, are um, products that that uh, are are things that we want to uh, include in our diet because they protect us against the free radicals um, that can damage our body and our skin. So chocolate is actually, in moderation, is actually a, a good food. And you want to have about um, 72% or greater concentration in the, in the chocolate, right. in the dark chocolate. Of the cocoa level. In the cocoa level, yeah. Right. That's Yeah, the fact that it has to be in moderation is a little bit disappointing. I must be honest with you on that. But... Um, but- <laughs> Keep remembering that, that it does contain fat. Yes, so but isn't it a good fat? Isn't it like when somebody tells me to eat avocados because it's a good fat? Uh, not, uh, that is the, um, shoot. It's got some saturated fat. Oh. So, you know, I don't think that was the good fat. That wasn't, that, what, that wasn't <laughs> what they were looking for. All right, so basically eat chocolate, but dark chocolate and not too much chocolate. Okay, fine. What else am I going to eat that's going to benefit my skin from the inside out? Okay, so there are a few foods that come to mind. Um, yogurt, which has got some protein in it, and uh, we want to include foods that are high in protein because protein are, um, you know, the building, you know, the building blocks to um, uh, collagen formation. Um, we pomegranates is great food. It's got uh, antioxidants called polyphenols um, um, in them. Walnuts have omega three and fatty acids. Walnuts. Yep, walnuts, almonds, they boost our collagen level and they improve overall skin elasticity. Um, so does copper. So do, so do, so that copper would be, um, again, another ingredient in anti-aging uh, skin care that would also uh, boost collagen levels. Okay, but I'm afraid, but I'm afraid to ask you how we ingest copper. Um, you know, foods that, foods that do, um, you know, contain uh, copper. So what? What is a what is a food that that pomegranate contains copper? Uh, no, uh, um, pom- pomegranate does not contain copper, but it would just be you know it, as a vitamin supplement. Okay, that would be something that you know you would look for. Okay, uh, peppers. Um, that have yellow and orange um, right. to them. I they read have- that. I read that you got to eat something like I don't know two cups of peppers a day or something. Um, you know, I don't. I, I anything with that. It's it's hard. It's hard to eat in just two cups. But if you eat one or two uh, peppers, yellow peppers a day, it's got uh, carotenoids in it that also are is a wonderful antioxidant. Um, and also uh, foods that contain zinc. Such as kidney beans, right? Those are those are great. That's a great vitamin. And that would, kidney uh, beans, kidney beans also, and zinc in general help prevent acne breakouts. Am I right? You are correct because there is a correlation that was studied about, um, you know, having lower zinc levels, which can contribute to um, the formation of acne. Um, so you know. Avrami is comforted to know that eating chalent. Is actually good for his skin. It's actually good for your skin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. Okay, so let's – we have about – we have less than a minute left, and I want to make sure that you can give people, like, the two or three quick tips that they can do to make their skin healthier. Okay, so two or three is – one, as I stated before, look for a sun, an SPF that contains both – UVA and UVB protection. Okay. It'll give you a chemical and a physical block. Um, you want to uh, exfoliate your skin with a glycolic acid wash, something that, ta- that contains a 10% glycolic acid wash. And to prevent acne from forming, you would want to include salicylic acid as well in the wash. People, you know, children or adults even that are prone to acne, salicylic acid is great in ingredient to look for in your skincare products to clean out the pores and prevent bacteria from accumulating on your skin during these warm uh, weather months. And am I really going to moisturize every single day? You will. When you when you use products that strip your uh, skin from the moisture, yeah, you what you still want to you still might you still would want to moisturize. Um, you know, if you've got oily skin, a lighter moisturizer, a drier skin, a, a you know a, a heavier more a more emollient moisturizer. So yeah, yeah, I, I yes. Okay, and then here's Avrami's last question. He yeah, Avrami, you know you were l- listen to me. 
Just, just sit there and listen to me. Debbie, Avrami wants to know if these men's products versus women's products really make a difference in terms of skincare. You mean, um, you know, you, all these things are marketed as, you know, course, meds care line of this and men's care line of that I for think, skin. I, I mean, I can't, I can't say for sure, but I think that's just a marketing, mm. um, you know, because it all smells like old spice. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I know. I, yeah. I, I think so. I know. Uh, I, I think a lot of, uh, I think it doesn't matter. Um, if it's targeted towards men or women, I think it really would depend on the ingredients that, that are in the product. Got it. All right. Well, Debbie Shaffron, skin hair, skin health, I should say, aficionado. And um, thank you so much for joining me. How do people reach you if they have more questions about their skincare? Thank you for having Mer- uh, Miriam. Um, my, you can contact me on my uh, email, shaffrond at hotmail.com. Perfect. Shaffron D. Shaffron D is perfect because I definitely don't want to give out your cell number unless you are really comfortable <laughs> with it. So Shaffron D, S H A F. R-A-N-D for Debbie at Hotmail.com. Debbie, thank you so much for joining me. Chag Kosher V'Sameach. And I I promise you, I actually did put on moisturizer this morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Thank you, Miriam. My pleasure. Take care. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And my next guest is already on the line. She's calling in. Um, I'm pretty sure she's calling in from Israel. And um, I'm happy to have her. Marlene Litt is a social worker and the chair of the American Friends of Reut's Young Leadership Division. Marlene, are you there? Hi, I am here. I'm actually calling from New York, but I will be in Israel uh, for the event. Ah, okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you you coming. Uh, My pleasure. I appreciate you coming on the air because once I heard something about a silent disco, there was no way I was letting those two words (laughs) go by and not invite somebody on the air. So thank you for so much for joining me and tell everybody what in the world is a silent disco? Okay, so a silent disco is basically um, the music is streamed through headphones. Um, there's a DJ, he's got a list of music, music goes through the headphones, so if you've got the headphones on, you're hearing the music. Um, if you don't, then the room is kind of, you know, quiet. Um, and then uh, it's, it's, fun to, it's fun to participate in, and it's fun to watch, because it's a group of people who are bopping to... You know, what looks like not much, right. uh, but the music is, is all through the headphones, so um, it's a lot of fun. So uh, so because I've seen the pictures from last year's, I just oh, I just want to make sure that we are giving the right image to all of our listeners, which is basically people with real cans. I mean, that's what we would call them here in the studio, like real headsets, like these noise canceling, the ones you see on the subway these you days, got it. the yep. beats, I mean, these are heavy duty, these aren't earbuds, these aren't like little things that you either notice or you don't notice, these are really very obvious noise canceling over the head headphones that people are bopping to, they are dancing to, enjoying the music to, in an otherwise silent atmosphere. You got it. So what, so while I think it's a hysterical, hysterical stunt, Explain to everybody why it needs to be done this way. Well, this is an event for um, for Rayute Medical Center, and the event actually takes place on the rooftop of the hospital, um, which is a hospital and also in a residential neighborhood. Uh huh. Um, and so, um, with a, it's a beautiful view, great um, great scenery, um, but the event itself had to, you know, be mindful of um, being in a hospital. And so this way, it's, it's, you know, you can be listening to your music, but nobody, the neighbors aren't, the neighbors, the patients aren't disturbed. And I imagine also that somebody who is looking out, who is outside looking in at this display of people dancing to, uh, to music that they only can hear is probably a really hysterical image. Yes, it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. There's, you know, a handful of songs that have like hand motions and things like that. (laughs) Um, are, it's just a lot of fun to watch. So if somebody's doing the Macarena and you have, you got it. <laughs> exactly, you have a whole bunch of people doing the Macarena on a rooftop and only they can hear the music, that makes for some funny video. You got it. That's great. Rayut, by the way, for, as you mentioned before, is the Israel's oldest and most respected non-profit, uh, healthcare and social welfare organization. It is located in Tel Aviv. Um, it is, it has a rehab center. It is chronic care. Uh, there are so many different things that Rayut um, offers that bringing people on campus to make sure that they get their word out is probably um, part of the the motivation behind this event in the first place. 
Exactly. I mean, it's really a unique experience. This is really a collaboration of um, the International Friends of Young Leadership. Last year, we had seven or eight different countries represented, you know, people from different countries coming to actually see where the money raised is going to. Um, so it's really very special. And how did you get involved? I got involved. I had a friend whose um, uncle was a patient in the hospital. Um, and it was my friend who um, said, why not? You're a social worker. You like this kind of stuff. Come here about the hospital. And we did an event several years ago here in New York um, at a rooftop hotel that raised money to do over the rooftop of the hospital. And so on my next trip to Israel, um, I, I brought my parents. My father is a physician. He was very impressed by the state-of-the-art medicine um, going on at the hospital. And we viewed the rooftop. And that's when the idea came, like, let me bring... Wow. You know, my friends to come and see. Wow. Um, and it was then with some help from um, a friend of mine from London, Ori Ullman, who's my co-chair on this event, um, who came up with the idea. Silent discos, they're the, all the, the rage in, in Europe and in Israel, but in New York, um, in the States, we hadn't really heard of it yet. No. And he said, let's do that. You know, it makes makes a lot of sense to do an event like that on rooftop. No, it's a great idea. And the truth of the matter is, is that it may be very popular in Israel and in Europe, but you're right. It's not something I had ever heard of in New York until I saw this Facebook post and um, and, and heard the word silent disco. And just the phrase alone made me laugh. I'm like, <laughs> all right, there's got to be there's got to be something to this. So tell me how last year's event went. Last year was great. We had, um, as I said, about 180 participants, um, 180 attendees from seven or eight different countries, um, and, uh, yeah, it was a really successful event. We're doing a lot of things um, similar, but some things different than last year. We had, um, you know, wine and um, refreshments and Ben & Jerry's um, ice cream. Ben & Jerry's is coming back this year. Nice. flavor ice cream was a big hit last Pesach. So, um, and it was really, it was fun um, and a great opportunity to meet, you know, young professionals who are in Israel over the Chag. That's fantastic. Is that why you're specifically doing it um, over over the Chag? Because there'll be more people around? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a really nice mix. I mean, Reut, uh, as you said, uh, Reut is celebrating its 75th anniversary this year. So it's an organization that existed before the State of Israel started. Um, and it has you know, friends in different countries, um, in England and in New York and um, in Holland. Um, and so it's, you know, really become an international um, cause. And so to be able to bring people, you know, it's, it's really kibbutz galiot. Mm, nice. Uh, so it's, it's very meaningful on many levels. And also I was uh, made aware that you received their Young Leadership Award in recognition of your efforts um, I did. In, in December. How was that? It was a wonderful honor. It was really very, uh, also very meaningful to be celebrating the 75th anniversary. And it was, it was started by young women. Um, so it was very, uh, it was very, it was very sentimental. It was out of the ashes of the Holocaust. Am I right? It was. Yeah. What was the, um, what, what was their motivation in starting 75 years ago? Uh, it, you know, really started with, like, just serving people that needed help, um, food kitchens, things like that. Um, and so, um, and then the organization has really grown to, you know, this is particularly for the medical center, but the organization also um, has a lot of um, homes for the, the elderly, um, you know, just caring for people who, who need the help. So the event this year takes place on Thursday, April 17th on the rooftop of the Rayut Medical Center in Tel Aviv. The, um, explain to me, or explain to our listeners, I should say, since I will not be there, how they can get more information. You can check out the Rayut website, um, and Rayut is R-E-U-T-H dot org. Um, you can buy tickets on the website in both dollars and shekels. Nice. And, um, and there's also, there's a Facebook page if you uh, want to check it out at uh, Pesach 2014 Silent Disco. How many people are you expecting this year? Well, you know, we're hoping, we're, we'd love to have 200, um, 250 we can accommodate. So, you know, the more the merrier. What kind of uh, precautions did you need to take by bringing people up on a rooftop? <laughs> well, we're in a hospital. 
So, so it's already uh, guarded. Gonna happen. <laughs> You're in a good place to be. Right. So even if something does happen, you actually have the facilities to take <laughs> care of it. But is it like when I think of a rooftop in Manhattan, I don't think of something that lends itself to having 250 people dance on the roof. So is there, mm-hmm. were there, um, you know, fabrications that needed to take place? Did you have to put in a new fence? Or was there, you know, are you moving furniture up there? Like what kind of things needed to change? No, the rooftop is pretty spacious. Um, it's separated, and, and this shouldn't discourage people who don't want to dance um, because it, w- it was separated into two sections, and there were plenty of people that were dancing, and there were plenty of people who were just enjoying the ice cream and wine um, and, and watching people. Um, so, But the roof is, is large. Um, it was already kind of protected. Um, you know, the, the elevators in the hospital are hospital-sized elevators, so it was easy access. And I'm I'm sure this is a people-watching kind of event. It's a lot, yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure it is. Um, Did it live up to your expectations last year, being that it was the first year? It did. It really did. Um, The staff at Rayud are just so great. You you can just see that, you know, it it permeates. It's not just um, the care for the patients. It's the care for each other, and and, um, it's just a real family atmosphere. So the the staff was fantastic in, in helping plan the event, and it really went so smoothly. Um, so it's exciting for it to be the second year because, you know, whatever kinks there were, we can work out. And, um, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. It's two weeks from tonight. Oh, my gosh. What were, what were some of those kinks that needed to be worked out from last year to this year? You know what? The hardest part is is getting Israelis to an event before 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> So we're uh, we're adding to our food. Ah, nice. <laughs> hoping, hoping to encourage some more people to get there a little bit earlier. That's um, really it's funny. funny. There are some cultural pieces to think about when you're doing an event with seven or eight different countries represented. That's really funny. But I guess ice cream is something that appeals to everybody. Yeah, I I would you know if you can get your hands on some Harosa flavor ice cream, it's uh. You know, it makes Pesach a little bit more fun. That's. It, I, I will tell you that I'm not a huge ice cream person to begin with, but I am a huge Charoset fan. <laughs> uh, ironic as that is, I think this is going to be one of the first years in my life that I'm not eating my dad's Charoset over Yuntif. Oh. Uh, I know, I know. But maybe I can um, make myself feel a little bit better by having some Charoset-flavored ice cream. <laughs> Though Avrami, who really looks like he would taste it, um, is making he's shaking his head no. Avrami is shaking his head I'm no. I'm a fan of ice cream, not Charoset. So. Really? Yeah, my thing at the Seder is Marar. Of course it is. You know oh. what? I should have realized that. <laughs> Silly me. Silly me. That I don't think we're going to have. I think you might be alone, Avrami, in that. Yeah. No um, no, um, Maror-flavored ice cream. Even Ben and Jerry won't try that. Marlene Litt is here. She's a social worker, and she's the chair of the American Friends of Ray Utz Young, Young Leadership Division. She is telling us all about the silent disco that is taking place two weeks from tonight, Thursday, April 17th. Information can be found at reut.org, uh, correct? R-E-U-T-H dot O-R-G. Marlene, tell me a little bit about um, your background as a social worker and how that impacts on your work with Reut. Um, you know, it, it's, it's actually, it's a very, I'm, I'm now in administration, so I feel a little bit removed from actual direct care of, of working with people. So um, I think, you know, working with Reut has been really um special for me because, you know, I, I do feel like, um, you know, we've had the opportunity of hopefully this year there'll be some, you know, patients that come to the event as well. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I do think that it's um, it's just it's important regardless of what your professional career is to, you know, find meaning and connecting with people and, and, and feeling like, you know, you're, you know, you're making a difference. So. You sound like a teacher who has left the classroom and is now a principal. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. But very similar. but it also has to be obviously incredibly gratifying and in knowing that you're giving back now, you know, in different in different forms and in different angles must be very rewarding. It it is rewarding. I mean, the the hospital has you know a whole bunch of different um, you know different medical equipment that they would like to purchase, and so we've got some goals. Um, and it'd be, you know, it's wonderful. We've been able to see pictures of medical equipment that they've purchased in the past because of the events that, you know, we've we've planned. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping for the same. Well, what's on the wish list? Uh, tilt washing chairs, defibrillators, hydraulic hospital beds, uh, pulse oximeters. The list goes on. There's always wow. there's always things. Wow. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and so, 
We're hoping, you know, we, there's also the, the event, the tickets are, are $35 or 120 shekels. There's also always opportunity, um, you know, to sponsor, um, you know, any of the, the, to purchase equipment or just to donate in general. Well, I am looking at the uh, AmericanFriendsOfRayud.org website where the picture on the front is of this silent disco from last year. <laughs> and it just makes me smile. Um, again, the silent disco in Tel Aviv on the rooftop of the Rayut Medical Center is two weeks from tonight, from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Um, it is first come, first serve on that Haroset-flavored ice cream. <laughs> you definitely do not want to miss it. You can go to reut.org, R-E-U-T-H dot O-R-G for more information and to buy tickets. Marlene Litt, you have been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for joining me. And call mm-hmm. a to you. I hope next week, in two weeks, I should say, is a complete, complete success. Thank you. I'll also mention very quickly that we're planning a silent disco um, in May in New York. Really? So please invite me back on, and I'll and I'll tell you more details about that. Oh, that sounds great. Well, the the, the most important thing is, will you invite me to be there? Yes, definitely. Uh, I can't promise you that there's going to be Harosit flavor ice cream. No, in no, no. May, I'll come anyway. I'll but come anyway. Come anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. And please do me a favor and make sure I get that information. Great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks again, Marlene. You too. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And I would be remiss if I went into Pesach without speaking to my next guest at least once, both personally and um, and on the air, because Schiffer Klein is the editor of Batea Vone magazine. And Lord knows everyone is turning to their copy of Joy of Kosher. I should say Joy of Kosher and Batea Vone magazine, one and the same. Um, everyone is turning to their most recent copy, which, again, is so pretty with the turquoise. Uh, to make sure that they have everything that is up and coming about Pesach. So good morning, Shifra. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question. When you were putting this together, and all of this is, um, this is a different kind of Pesach magazine. Can we agree with that? Yeah, I could agree with that. Is it, was it harder to come up with all of these, um, with all of these recipes that were really meant for people who are, um, what's the word I'm missing? Um, who have who have a specific? Everything is what? Shoot, I'm I my English is well. Well, the thing is with Pesach is you're trying to appeal to so many different people, and everybody has their various restrictions and things that they don't use. So we try to keep it as you know universal as possible, so that everybody can get inspired by something in the magazine. Right. I think that the word I was looking for that, that I that for some reason or other escaped me was picky. Everyone's got picky eaters. <laughs> I don't know why I was looking for like some kind of diagnosis word, but the word was just I'm picky. Sure, I'm sure there is one somewhere. Specialized? Is that what you said about me? Uh, specialized? Right. Well, I, we would just call them, you know, picky. Um, but the recipes in, in the magazine are are beautifully simplistic. Is 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 that a good way of explaining yeah, it? Yeah, that's an incredible way of explaining Thank it. Thank you yes. very much. I was at a loss for words a minute ago, but now all of a sudden I'm Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> yeah, so- I mean, really, that's the idea. When we plan the Pesach issue, we always try to focus on, you know, it's sort of the time to really highlight ingredients as they are and see what you could do with, you know, the beer minimum almost, but really do something, you know, out of the ordinary and something special. Right, and I one of the things that I love the most about speaking to you before Pesach is that um, I'm still continually fascinated about the fact that in your family growing up, you never bought any of the typical um, products or staples or whatever that the rest of us are completely dependent on, like the bottled ketchup. And uh, oh yeah, we do. We really eat, um, and my husband's family was even stricter than mine. So when I went to his house, that was a culture shock. Believe it or not. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting, you know, to really see what you could do. I mean, the magazine does use a little bit more than, you know, what my parents would, but um, there's really a lot that was inspired by that type of, um, you know, Pesach eating, I would say. It's like tying your hands behind your back because totally. it's Pesach is not hard enough. Let's take it up a notch and make sure that any of the processed um, sauces or condiments. Yeah, or I mean, this. even potato starch is not making it to my mother's table, you know? Really? Yeah. My mother makes her own. That's hardcore. Yeah, I, I, that I don't really even, is. I don't even know. How do, how do you make your own potato starch? It's a whole process. You soak the potatoes, the potato starch seeps to the bottom, you drain the water. It's it's a whole thing. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow, that's Kol Chamira de Chamira kind of a thing here. <laughs> That's that's really that is really hardcore. So, what was your favorite recipe to come up with? Oh wow! Um, I know you never well, want to pick it's your more favorite. About, I'll tell you what. It's so interesting because we have so many different contributors to the magazine. Beyond the one article that I do, and beyond the one article that Jamie does, there's so many other people who share their recipes and their expertise. Um, so we had this article um, beyond fruit salad, and you know, really, fruits are such a staple. Pesach time. And so the author, Devorah Backman, um, created this incredible pear and almond tart. I'm looking at it now. It's really, really good. Like we, so everything that we make in the magazine, we taste and we, you know, we, we give our comments um, and we see you know, what could be improved. And that was just really, really incredible. Everybody couldn't have enough of it. And remember, this is during like February. We're not right. eating the, the almond tart on Pesach. So this is when we're all enjoying hummus. We were still enjoying... Um, the various, you know, offerings in the magazine. Well, I was joking with somebody that for you, Shavuos is over also. Oh, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're soon entering barbecue season. No! So. Are you serious? <laughs> what? Are you, oh, my gosh, that's craziness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, something really interesting also that um, I did a recipe on chocolate mousse. So there's this chocolate mousse recipe that was inspired by Pardis Restaurant. Right. And um, while I was researching chocolate mousse, I came upon this technique of um, water and chocolate mixing together to make this really incredible chocolate mousse, because water and chocolate don't usually mix. Right. So that was also something really, really fascinating for us. I mean, I was doing it, and my husband was like, I cannot think that this is going to work, and it really worked out. It was a really incredible recipe. It's just water and chocolate. And it's just simply using it in a mixer? That was what it's, made it. You melt, you melt the water, you melt, you heat the water, you simmer it, and then you add your chocolate, and then you whisk it. So I'm not like the you know high class whisker. So I put it in the mixer, mixed it for like 15 minutes, and you have mousse. It's really incredible. That is probably the purest form of chocolate mousse ever. Yes. The um the other mousse that you had made, the one with the olive oil, you actually brought to Naomi's. Um, show oh, right. at Gourmet Glot, and yes. and you had uh, 15 new fans at that moment <laughs> than you than you walked in with. I know. I, I wish I could just walk around sharing that chocolate mousse with just everyone I see. It's amazing though that the olive oil, which is such a strong flavor, doesn't doesn't. Yeah, uh, and it's extra virgin olive oil, mind right. you. It wasn't like light light olive oil. Right. Yeah. It's a potent. It is it is a flavor that not everybody loves, but yet for some reason or another you put it in this mousse recipe and forget that it doesn't hurt. It actually really um, elevates the flavor. Exactly. Must have been fun to have both of those two mousses side by side and look at the different ingredients versus the lack of ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So what makes them both mousse? Well, it's the eerie quality in the chocolate. So it's like whipping up the chocolate. Um, there's different ways of doing it. So with the vegan mousse, it's just whipping it up with the hot water that makes it work. And then the other mousse, which is not vegan, is made with eggs. And the egg whites really make it that, like, really eerie and light consistency. How did you trip over the recipe with the water? What? How did you come up with the... Oh, yeah, I was, I was, I actually, you know, was researching online. I mean, I'm, like, so tuned into, like, everything that's going on in the food world. And I'm so almost obsessed. So I like full, stumble upon a lot of different things. <laughs> and that's how you found that one. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, by the way, because, again, for people who are, are listening and say, what, we didn't think that water and chocolate went together. No, actually, water is not a friend to chocolate. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's what we're trying to do in the magazine is not just, you know, like I say, you can find many recipes online, but it's also like introducing new ideas and techniques to the readers. Um, so we did like this, um, we really did research, um, meat, kosher meat. Mm-hmm, right. And, um, and we did the same thing with wine. It's sort of like a tutorial on, okay, this is the base and then you can do what you want with it, but we're giving you the information on how to really cook with wine and how best to cook with different cuts of meat. Yeah, I, when I, when I went through that also and then you talked about it at Naomi's show, I was really quite fascinated and I was so fascinated that the standing rib roast Yes. that you were discussing that day, I actually bought on the spot and took home. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an incredible cut of meat. And when you cook it right, it's just, it's really great. Right. And it is too expensive of a cut of meat to um, 
to handle unless you either have confidence in the kitchen or really have a friend who has confidence in the kitchen that you yeah, could call sure. and get and get advice from. Yeah, and we also learned like the cheaper version of a standing rib roast would be the silver tip roast or the shoulder roast. Right. And that's really the same cooking technique. Obviously, a rib roast is a little bit juicier. Um, there's a reason it's a little bit more expensive, just a little bit. Right. But, um, it also presents incredibly. Yeah. You bring that out to your table and everyone oh, yeah. knows. I mean, th- <laughs> that is a really cool cut of meat. But I want to tell you what my favorite uh, recipe was in this cookbook, in this uh, issue, which was the honeydew and cucumber salad. Oh, okay. That's part of Beyond the Fruit Salad article, yeah. Co- correct. And no offense to the column that you did. No offense at oh, all. Oh, really none offense taken. Okay, good. I take pride in everyone's contributions. It's amazing. So you're such a good mom that way. Um, there's There was something about this recipe that, that I really found refreshing because it was basically four ingredients I never thought about putting together. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it was. it's a great salad and then... Um, the addition of the feta cheese, which is optional, right. um, also went really well. Yeah, that yeah, was... just very fresh, exactly. And it also looks pretty. I mean, you're literally putting honeydew, cucumber, fresh mint, um, feta cheese, which again was optional, but don't opt out, and pepper together. Yeah, it's so, yeah. And it also, yeah, the colors, I mean, it's so monochromatic, but it looks great. Yeah. Right, it's very fresh, exactly. The The monochromatic for some reason or other, works for it. The other thing that I thought was a lot of fun in, in the um, in the in the issue, especially because I'm a huge egg fan, were the poached eggs. Yeah, poached eggs scare people to make though. Oh, it's so simple. I mean, it's one of those things, and it's um, it's something you could also make in advance. You know, you don't have to make it fresh on the spot. You can. Yeah, you when you're when you finish, you put it on a paper towel. Um, and you cover it, and um, and you can you know you can serve it, you can heat it up for a minute or you know for like a few seconds, and it's something that you don't have to do on the spot. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize that at all. And and um, one of the things I like about it is that it's a warm comfort meal in like five seconds. Yeah. I mean, you bring water to a boil. You have acid. And you put the egg in the water. It's really amazing. And and this recipe was so unique. This was part of the wine article. And Alessandra Rivati, she's an Italian uh, food expert, so she contributed um, to this article. And um, she did this incredible wine sauce as well to go along with the egg. And which also obviously adds to the whole Pesach wine theme that we're going with anyway. Exactly. Something also I want to make sure that people know that you posted on Facebook is that there's a Passover chat going on. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody about that. Um, well, that's um, together with um, Jamie and Tamara from the website. Um, and also something that I wanted to mention was, because you reminded me now because you said something about Facebook, was we were doing this special because Jamie just came out with this incredible cookbook, Joy's Kosher, um, Fast Fresh Family Recipes, and um, she has about 70 uh, Pesach recipes in there as well. And so we're doing this offer of... Um, Buy two gift subscriptions and get Jamie's cookbook for free. Oh, so nice. A lot of people know about that. Yeah. Nice. Built-in Afi Komen present there. Yeah. So that's exactly. a, that's a great offer. All right. Well, Schiffer Klein, as always, I thank you so much for joining me on the air. Um, I would kind of joke and wish you a Shana Tova and Mituka because God knows you're probably already planning your menus <laughs> for Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> Are you are you working on that issue already? No, no. I, I told you we're in barbecue season now. I, I know, but there are so many people who like I don't know. For you, Shavuos is over, Pesach is over, barbecue. I mean, so it's it's July and August. I know. For you. I still have to make Pesach though, so we're we're still in the season. Oh, <laughs> you're making Pesach? Yeah, of course. I'm saying you're not going to your mother. I go to my mother for like you know I'll go to her for a seder, but I like to do a family seder. So very um, yeah, very nice. Well, I'm not going to ask you which recipes from this issue you're going to be choosing, but <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear about it afterwards. As always, Schiffer Klein, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you. And actually, follow them on Facebook. If you don't follow Joy of Kosher on Facebook, you really should. If for no other reasons, that the pictures are really crazy pretty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, take care. Happy Chag Kosher Sameach. You too. Thanks so much. Oh, a pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this morning. And thank you, Avrami. He did a lot of juggling today. Not so much fun at work day, but at least, at least... You have munchkins. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect and what not to miss. We have a full afternoon of programming right after That's Life. It's a live lunch with Nachum Siegel. He is now in the studio during its 11 to 1 time slot. We start with brunch. We end with lunch. 
Afterwards, we have a stunt show hosted by Mayor Furtick at 1 p.m., Mayor's Pesach Musical Selections. That is what we are highlighting at 1 p.m. And then starting at 2 p.m., it's Throwback Thursdays, encoring J.M. the A.M. from years past. By the Book, hosted by Nahum, encores at 5 p.m. And then Michael Fragan's Spin Class at 6 p.m. I'm sure, knowing Michael, there is one crazy lineup coming up. And then Charlie Burnhout, 7 p.m., wraps up the lineup. Tune in all day long. Join Nahum tomorrow morning. From 6 to 9, as he hosts JMAM live here on the stream at NahumSiegel.com, JMAM.org, 91.1, 90.9, and 91.9 FM. Don't miss the weekly update with Malcolm at around 7.40 in the morning when the two of them will converse about, I am sure, absolutely everything. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss that. And, of course, Naomi, table for two tomorrow morning. Naomi is joined by Royal Wines, Jay Booksbaum. They'll cover we'll Pesach Wines, pairings for your Seder, and answer your questions. An updated 2014 schedule is on our website, nachmsegel.com. Click on the network schedule. My thanks to all of our guests this week. You can reach Debbie Schaffrin, our skincare expert, at schaffrind at hotmail.com. And Marlene Litt from Reut. You can go to reut.org, R-E-U-T-H dot O-R-G, to make sure to donate and to buy tickets if you are in Tel Aviv, or you will be in Tel Aviv in two weeks, for their silent disco. And, of course, Jeffrey Klein from Joy of Kosher, and uh, make sure to follow them on Facebook and get that two-for-one offer. Order two subscriptions. Get Jamie's new cookbook for free. I leave you today with Soul Farms. Uh, take your shoes off, Moses, for two reasons. A, Soul Farm is going to be joining us in Legendary Destinations in less than two weeks. And also because it's schmoiling in the studio and I took my shoes off about an hour ago, which I know an, I know it annoys a rummy, but I did it anyway. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. God spoke to Moses at the burning bush, at the burning bush, at the burning bush. Yeah, God spoke to Moses at the burning bush, saying, I'm the Lord thy God. Take your shoes off, Moses, your holy ground, your holy ground, your holy ground. Take your shoes off, Moses, your holy ground. Yeah.